You are listening to the Gritcast podcast. All right, so Sean McGillis is how you say it. That's how you say it. All right, it's the name they gave me. You are literally probably, as far as I've seen on Bay Street, in terms of like bankers and millennials, you combine those two things, and it's kind of a powerhouse. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah thank you. Which is why you're literally the first person that we've invited. <laughs> on the, on this I know I'm the inaugural podcast. podcast. I love it. Like you know about you know about markets. You're yeah. young. You're millennial. Like how old are you? Twenty-seven. Okay, yeah. you're a bit younger than me. Um, well, like a year or two. A little bit more, but I'm okay. not going to say that because I'm in that age where I start lying and going back in okay. time, right? Okay. okay, I lie the upwards end of it usually. Oh, okay. You know? And that's why you tie your hair back because if it was down, you'd like People would just think I'm Sean under. White. Yeah, Sean White. <laughs> 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 we were just talking about this. Like, you will start an Instagram account that you look like Sean White. And who are the other two that you... Uh, Dennis Shapovalov, he's a tennis player. Um, I was actually just in a restaurant in Vancouver and there's this whole group in, uh, in a table oh, you're the tennis player. Like, good luck in California. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's like your fallback career. Like, like if this banking thing doesn't work out. It's always, hey, it's always good. I mean, tennis player or professional snowboarder. Or just, like, signing autographs and, hey, you know, exactly. fake YouTube account. Right. Whatever the people need me to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I'd love to find out how and why, like, mm. you picked banking. Like, how yeah. do you end up in banking? Well, banking, uh, to use, like, an old line, banking kind of found me. Ooh. Um, I'm an engineer from school. I actually went through mining engineering um, at Queen's University. And then out of Queens, I went to work for this uh, little mining startup called Reservoir Minerals. I kind of think I might remember that story. Yeah. Is it, it was, public? It was public, okay. and uh, it, it was super exciting. We sold that startup for um, a lot of money. Whoa, uh, so that's not usually how it goes down, eh? Like, usually no. the first company you work for does not Disaster. work Disaster. <laughs> yeah, no, this was, yeah, this was a really good company to work with, and um, actually one of the bankers on that file ended up uh, ended up hiring me into Haywood. That's how, into I, Haywood. That's oh, how okay. banking sort of found me, and I was, I was always really curious, you know, coming from the corp dev side, um, you know, being in the shoes of a, of a corporate, what it was like on the sell side, and also, you know, just seeing the shady tactics, you know, a lot of big corporate trying to play, um, trying to protect, like, younger startups from getting crushed. You know? Yeah. That's kind of the ultimate job of an investment banker, right? You're an agent. You're supposed to protect people. Yeah, and also it's cool because when you're an investment banker for a firm like Haywood, which is, like, an independent firm, and it's, like, entrepreneurial, yeah. you get to kind of see all the deals, the private deals that are getting formed. Totally. and entrepreneurs so it's like a real lens and especially like you have taken a liking or maybe you were pushed into it i don't know on the e-gaming e or e-sports i never know what to call it is it is it e-gaming or is it e-sports did i invent e-gaming e like i don't i mean i think you invented e-gaming because <laughs> i've been getting a lot of flack for it people are like stop calling it e-gaming they're like but is fortnite a sport like i don't think fortnite's a fucking sport fortnite's like the way i think of fortnite's like a tv show and, and i mean with the gaming thing i mean yeah. i've been a gamer since i was a gamer as a kid um, you know gaming's kind of got to this point where it's cool right I was on the phone with a guy and he's going yeah like my kids signed to FaZe Clan my other kids signed to Optic if you said that five years ago people would be like number one I don't care and yeah. two like they should go get a job but over the past like three years all of a sudden gaming's gone from a nerd fest yeah um, or being perceived that way um, to being uh, to being perceived as cool and you know when I was growing up playing games playing you know if you're a gamer you recognize like Mass Effect or Final Fantasy or you know some of the mainstream titles like Grand Theft Auto 
I remember like guys growing up and like my brother and his friends trying to force me to play that. And there's there was some questionable like female things in there that I don't yeah. know. There's yeah. some Me Too stuff going on. Oh, phone call in the middle of the podcast <laughs> from Mexico. I don't know. Hey. Is there gaming in Mexico? Could be a gold mining deal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stick to gaming. <laughs> that was not planned. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't. So Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, okay. But today, okay, the big games are like, what, what? What's the top game right now? Fortnite, or did it get did it get taken down by something else? Well, Apex came along, and Apex, I think, uh, you know, just to kind of think about where the gaming space might be going yeah. to, um, Apex was super clever in, uh, in in how they marketed it. And for those of you who don't know, Apex Legends um, came out. I think that was about a month ago, and it was probably the fastest uptake in a game we've ever seen. Um, it was hitting Fortnite's, you know, uptake numbers, you know, weeks, you know, in weeks rather than months. Was there something controversial that happened where they paid Ninja to play it, and he started promoting it, and he got in trouble? I don't know. I just well, that's so that's that's kind of the really clever thing. Um, when I because I watch Ninja, I watch a bunch of the streamers on Twitch, and. It was cool because all of a sudden this game dropped from EA, mm -hmm. um, so they dropped Apex Legends, and all the streamers are starting to play it. And you know, you're looking at the chat feed, you're looking at Reddit, and it's all blowing up. What's this game? What's this game? And everybody's flying in to go play it because all their streamers are playing it. And I'm kind of going, well, that's the aha moment for the future of marketing for games, or at least a future for marketing and games. Like and the influencers. Were oh, it's you think about how you launch a product on Instagram. Um, we kind of saw that with with the gaming side is. You, you release a game, so there's kind of the tale of two games. Mm -hmm. On one hand, they release Apex, they drop it, and they have the influencers play it. They don't do a hell of a lot of marketing outside of just influencers, and they get uptake numbers that blew away Fortnite. I think Fortnite's still considerably bigger, but their, their adoption curve was insane. I forget the actual numbers. Um, but on, on for Anthem, which is another game they just released, they've been working on it for three years, spent like hundreds of millions to develop it. Mm -hmm. um, they drop that in the old school way, which is the Hollywood way. Here's the launch date, boom, we're gonna market around it, it's gonna be great, we're gonna pay a pile of game reviewers to look at it, which is an epic fail. Um, the game wow. wasn't really ready, nobody really cared. Um, they tried to take a have a game reviewer take it down. So I think what we're seeing, and, and that's a, that points to a lot of what the teams are trying to do. They're like future agencies, I think. Um, just collecting these influencers into, into a group and uh, and using their marketing power to market games. It's it's no different than, you know, we've seen recently in the cannabis space where mm -hmm. these companies will hire, whether it's like Snoop Dogg or totally. Martha Stewart, and or just recently, yesterday, Nelson Peltz and Aurora, he's yeah. like this big billionaire guy. You know, you always need like that key face, which is gonna drive interest and demand. And totally. like in, in, in gaming, I guess they go right to the gamers, right to the authentic spot. And I, I started thinking about this because, like, with our company, mm. we started marketing a lot on, on Instagram, and this is actually why we launched this podcast because yeah. we want to kind of talk about, you know, stocks and sectors and go, like, right to social media. Do you think, like, investment banks or, like, do you think this model will evolve where they start marketing that way too, like, using social media as you a know, tool? You know, that's, that's, that's an awesome question. I think... I think it's they're a lot more slow moving than you think when it comes when it comes <laughs> the to guy, that. The guys you work with, they're older, they're not as Well, not I mean, Haywood's pretty I would say pretty progressive. Being an independent, you're a lot yeah. quicker moving yeah. um, than the banks. I mean we we were one of the earlier firms to get into cannabis. Um, yeah. we fought tooth and nail to do that. Um, but you know, as in terms of social media and doing that, there are a lot of challenges being an IROC 
licensed dealer um, around compliance yeah. that makes that, you know, being agile on social media, you know, really kind of challenging, which is why, you know, like your group at Grit, you guys have an awesome opportunity to slide in and, you know, give retail investors and institutions a kind of a bird's eye look into what's going on and reach them directly, reach them with Twitter, reach them, be at their fingertips because yeah, it's like a lot tougher. And swear. Like, I really, the yeah. whole point of this podcast was just for me to be able to swear. Yeah. No, I'm just joking. It's not, it's not, yeah, exactly. It's not church. <laughs> no, <but> like, <laughs> it's definitely not church. And we can actually beep them out, so that's fine. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but, okay, back to, back to gaming. So, you know, you and I, we're not going to talk about specific stocks, but we'll talk about what on Bay Street, like, the appetite for for, 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 for for deals in general. Like, are you starting to see like real money moving into the space? Not just like, oh, here's like a deal here and there, but like some kind of, you know, the institutions actually writing checks and getting involved? Um, so on the, so, so if you kind of think of it in two, two stages, like there's this gaming business, yeah. you know, guys making games, selling games, that whole thing. It's like $140 billion a year industry. Um, that's been crazy. I'm 29, 2018, I think. Um, we're on pace to blow away like five billion dollars in investment minimum. I think I think we'll come close to ten billion raised for for gaming companies. And in that's 2018. like EA, Activision, that, those guys. More right? like studios and Epic raised a bunch of money. Okay. Niantic, which is an AR game studio, raised a bunch of money. Um, they did Pokemon Go. Um, so and uh, even if you rope Discord in there, they raised a bunch of money. So I mean, as far as private capital and institutions stepping in, um, and yes, EA, Take Two, Ubisoft, all of these. There's there's long history of that, and it's a very well established business. On the esports side, um, we're really seeing it's it's it, the trade is kind of shifting a little bit from the family office side, where you've seen you know big family offices and uh, general managers of teams in the U.S. They've been the guys who've been writing a lot of these checks. Mm-hmm. And um, family offices, so some people might not know, is like like a billionaire who has people managing his money, like portfolio managers, totally. are called family offices. And they're usually kind of, I don't know if you would call them first movers, but they're easier to kind of get to invest in the more spec stuff, right? Yeah, they can be, their investment, let's just say their investment mandate can be a little looser. Yeah. You know, they can <laughs> be a little like more They have like a compliance creative. guy yeah, like choking him to death, like, no, this must have earnings. Exactly. Like, Wait a bit. Wait a bit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Let's, let's you know, get in, get involved in LinkedIn before it becomes massive. <laughs> um, I love LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's awesome marketing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, we've seen a, a shift. Retail investors are now asking, how do they get involved in the space? Um, and you know what do we look at? What I would say too is, I mean, the esports gaming space—it's—it's it's always been pretty insular, um, you know. And, and that speaks to the marketing. What I talked about earlier, both Apex and, and Anthem, gamers can smell something that's not authentic um, from a mile away. You know, if somebody's not played games before and they're just trying to be, you know, trying to angle their way into the industry, you can you can usually tell because you'll start talking about games and then they go. You know, they kind of gloss over and they don't know what you're talking like about. Like if, like Martha Stewart was like repping like some sort of epic game, people were like, no. Yeah, exactly. Like, They'd go laugh. Back to we'd, we'd laugh. Yeah. We'd laugh. <laughs> we'd laugh. Probably make a Fortnite dance out of her and move on. <laughs> I actually made my business partner Nicole do the Fortnite dance when she didn't know what it yeah. was, and like I kept posting it on Instagram, and she was like, "Oh my god, can you put like take that down?" But yeah. she was actually very good at it. <laughs> it was a great marketing thing. Um, but okay, so so family offices, retail, so checks are being written and companies are going public. Yeah. And there's, do you think this will be kind of like the cannabis, the past three years in cannabis, where like a lot of money was raised, a lot of companies went public, a lot of people made money? Like, is it going to be that same? 
set up? Um, yeah, I think I think the way to think about gaming is, um, you know, and and and, I, and I'll use an example from our Vancouver office, um, where where we have a, you know a, a lot of awesome retail brokers out there. And I remember when I went and uh, talked to a bunch of the guys, I said uh, Dota Two, which was which was a esports tournament held in Vancouver, mm-hmm. gave away the second largest prize pool ever in yeah, it was uh, massive, professional sports right? history. How big it was like? I think it was like twenty five million, something yeah, like that. Big um, So one of the guys actually went there, and he went, "Wow, like I've never seen anything like this. Fifty thousand gamers in a stadium, you know, screaming and you know, like getting behind a space." And I think the way to think about it really is. Um, you have all these people who are going to events, and all of a sudden, you know, if it was 10 years ago, you're seeing your son or daughter, and they're playing Halo, but you don't really see that there's 10 million people on the other side of that screen playing at the same time. You don't see that. You just see your kid, you know, like me, you know, playing on the computer going, oh, like, what are they doing? They're just wasting their time. Um, all of a sudden, it's real. And yeah. so people are going, how do I get exposure? How do I see that? And so I think, I think what you're going to see is, you know, investment across, you know, the whole the whole value chain all the way from the guys who make the games or you know the people who and, and I look at teams more as collections of influencers honestly mm-hmm. um, and, and thinking about it you know as the marketing for games but all the way through the bo- value chain broadcasting like twitch and all that sort of stuff um, I think I think you're just gonna see it all lift because people are gonna go wow it's real I can see it like visiting a mine or visiting a cannabis you know, operation, you know, you can, it's all of a sudden becoming tangible. So yeah. for the first time in history, I think, I mean, in Asia, this has been a thing and people are going, well, uh, great, North America, you guys are finally catching up. But uh, for the first time, people actually can go and physically see how big this industry is. And I think that's that's something not to be forgotten and uh, it's going to have a pretty profound effect. And I think the way that I kind of look at it, to put it in this sort of like, you know, you know, my last year crypto was like really popular and like yeah. all this money got raised and like no businesses, like I'm being generous here, but like no yeah. businesses really like flourish with like a revenue model. Um, so that's like over here on the risk, 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 risk side. And then cannabis is kind of over here because it's like an agricultural thing. It's a plant, you grow it, you sell it. And then like e-gaming is kind of in the middle where there will be revenue models, but it you won't You said be- e-gaming again? Oh my god! Oh my god! I actually love the. I, I, I'm keeping the e-game. I'm gonna bust your balls. As soon as Ninja says it one day, I mean, I'm taking the royalties on it. Um, but yeah, I think it won't be as risky as crypto. Yeah. But it won't be as straightforward as cannabis. But it'll be in the middle. But there'll be revenue models like the picks and shovels. Like we'll figure that out. And actually, when I was in Vancouver uh, back in November, I had an event, an e-gaming event, and yeah. an entrepreneur came up to me. I won't say what company it is, but it's like, I've got a real company with real revenue. And what they do is they actually do the souping up of the uh, connection from the gamer's home yeah. to uh, basically make his connection faster. Yeah. And this guy has like a multi-million dollar revenue business just doing that. And I was like, whoa, that's the picks and shovels. That's like the stuff totally. all around. Like, I don't know how big a business that could be, but there's gonna be little, you know, bits of you know well, gems you, out there for yeah, this yeah i'll tell you on that there are isps looking for for that sort of stuff like mm-hmm. the big us isps are thinking about you know how do you, how does infrastructure how do we sell gaming plans like how do we how do yeah. we make you know tailor things to to gamers how do you get so they're what they're solving um, just for people on the line is latency. So how do you make it that's so... That's the slow, the exactly. speed up. Lag. Yeah, know, like put how, some gasoline on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, you know, if you're racing a Formula One car, like <laughs> if, if everybody's, if you're, if you're racing on skill, you want everybody to be racing the same car. You don't yeah. want somebody to have a faster car. Or you want to be person. like dose, like, you know, you know, do, 
taking some some drugs like the Russians, you yeah, know? Exactly. Like, how do you yeah, yeah, no EPO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, awesome. Well, so do you think this industry, so we're at, I think, a billion right now. Mm. Do you think it could get to 10 billion? Are we going to 10x from here? And like, what's, are you, what's the magic number moment that you're kind of waiting for to see and be like this is legit gonna yeah it's a good question i mean i think i think a lot of people are looking at this and and really bifurcating the gaming business and the esports business um you know like gaming sorry this massive massive business um you know there's tons of gaming companies that are also private that generate just mind-boggling amounts of cash um so i think you know for you know the whole esports space to get to 10 billion and all this stuff. I think it's just think of it like the gaming space. You have this massive business, it's a $140 billion business. Esports is only going to help grow that. Um, I think, you know, the path for esports and specifically and teams is going to be influencer driven. You mm-hmm. know, how are you going to harness this model? And I think the publishers are just starting to get a taste of how powerful the uh, the influencers are to gamers from a marketing perspective, and that's only going to grow. Yeah, um, it's it's just a taste of the because you know the publishers have had a sort of death grip and distribution. You know, when the console era for like the past ten to fifteen years, things are going to start to change. It's kind of um, like the comparison between the super studios in uh, California, right, versus like the Netflix totally. model. Totally. So like you know they just advertise big billboards. They have they have the distribution because they have the theaters. That's right. But with gamers like that, or with the game production companies now, they're going to have to go and you know hire these influencers, right, and bi- bypass the old model. So the old guard is changing over. Totally, and I mean Twitch is becoming a massive distribution medium and there's new I can't guys. believe like the numbers on Twitch like I so Crazy. my aha moment was when I looked at Ninja and how many people were watching him just some random morning and it was a, yeah and it was the same number as people watching CNBC and I was like what yeah that's that was my aha it's crazy. I was like okay uh, how much money can I invest in this sector? yeah was like, like how do you find a way right <laughs> And and I mean he's he's managed by some of the top agencies in the world. I mean they're these guys. It's 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 really just their brands. Yeah. And there's a ton of power behind these brands. And honestly, if I was a publisher, um, you, you're either trying to figure out ways to work with them, um, or uh, you got to be worried because you know distribution through these through these guys. It's a lot like Instagram marketing. Yeah. Um, and what we see for traditional products is you know marketing's changing and. Uh, Power to the little guy. Power like and yeah, little it's super, girl. It's super like interesting. It's, What's happening? Yeah, the disintermediation. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, that was great combo. We're gonna so our new thing, and this is your kind of the the Bay Street guinea pig on this. So we're gonna do a lightning round now. Cool. And basically I'm just gonna ask you question or well, I'm gonna say two words and then you just tell me which one's your favorite, which one's your pick. So apple or banana? Apple. Apple, okay. I'm more of a banana girl, but anyways, okay, so here we go. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Tim Hortons or Starbucks? Starbucks. Twitter or Instagram? Insta. BNN or CNBC? Oof, CNBC. <laughs> <laughs> flow up or flow down? Flow down. <laughs> Fortnite or Leafs game? Ooh, that's tough. Fortnite. Ooh, true gamer. <laughs> Patagonia or Tom Ford? Ooh, oversized T, neither. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hates both. <laughs> Toronto or New York? Ooh, that's tough, too. I live in Toronto. Toronto. Billions or house of cards? Billions. Nice. Deal maker or investor? Um, best deal makers or investors? Investor. Smart. Okay. And this is this is something I'm bringing back. Thursdays, 
on Bay Street. Mm. So every Thursday, this is how Great Capital, myself, and Nicole built our business, was going out to buy marquee, wherever. Love it. So key or King's Taps? Oh, key. Key, traditional, all right. Just old school sushi. Yes. Did you know that key stands for Keg International? Wow, you just blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I actually never <laughs> fact-checked that, so like somebody told me that and I've been spreading it ever since. I don't even know if that's true. <laughs> but anyways, that's where we're going to go for a drink and talk about stocks that we can't talk about on this show. But if you want to know more, find out uh, more from Sean. You can get a hold of him. We'll give him. We'll give you his Instagram handle. <laughs> yeah, give me yeah. my Insta handle and... Um, and also, uh, if you guys want to learn more about esports, um, there's a guy who does a good uh, little note on it, Eric Decker, over at Canaccord. Oh, really? Is it? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. His, him and his group, they do a nice little esports You note. do a note, too, though. I do a note. Yeah, but it's internal only. It is internal. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody may have leaked it to me once. <laughs> and I was like, who's this Sean guy? Like, got to get a hold of him. Anyways, awesome. Okay. It's me. <laughs> Thanks for coming by. It's awesome. Let's go get a drink. All right. Thank you for listening to the GritCast podcast. Tune in every Sunday for new episodes.